0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double Player Podcast. I'm Ryan Donahue, joined by my Sublime co-host, Jack Smith. And uh, Jack, since our last emergency
1: episode, baseball's back. How are you feeling? Been feeling pretty good. Again, I'll give hats off to Sublime. Pretty solid one. Um, I've been doing great. Uh, it's, I'm on spring break right now, so I've got a good weekend to relax. And hitting double-barreled with NFL and MLB free agency at the same time was hectic. And it's still going and still pretty hectic, but we've had some uh, great moves even our team is making some big moves to start out of the gates and i'm excited to talk some baseball talk some real stuff MLB action with you
0: oh yeah i was on uh spring break last week i went to uh the beach and then was in colorado that's where i had to record an emergency episode for my friend's basement which is part of the connection issues last time but uh excited baseball's back and march madness is heating up tcu got a spot got a nine seed Probably should have been better, but I'm I'm high on them. I think they can make a run. Just
1: just a little biased though. Yeah, I wish I had the liberty of being high on my team going into Mark Mendes. SC was rolling throughout the year, like even being ranked, I think it was in the top. Well they were they were ranked pretty highly at one point, And then
0: Well, well I do ha- i I will say I'll cut you off for a second. I have USC beating Auburn in the second round and going to the wow 76. Yeah,
1: I didn't uh I didn't have my bias did not run that strong. Um I think seeing the team firsthand against Arizona, watching them then UC, lose to UCLA twice in the span of a uh, of a couple of weeks uh did not help my perception <laughs> of the team per se. Uh but I haven't beating Miami in round 1 and then the bracket I've made so far did not have no not go as far as to say they beat Auburn in round 2. I just don't think it happens.
0: Yeah, you're you're starting to talk me out of it now. Now I'm second yeah. guessing all of my brackets.
1: Yeah, you probably should. Uh, what, about, what about the Horned Frogs? How far are they going? So I, I think they beat Seton Hall
0: round one on Friday night. Me too. But, uh, then they'll probably have to play Arizona, which I think it's a winnable game. The thing about TCU is they're very streaky. They can beat anyone in the country, as we've seen. They beat Kansas and they almost beat Kansas twice and beat Tech the game before. But uh, they're a very streaky team. They can beat anyone, but they can also lose to anyone. Like it's very possible they make an elite eight run, but it's also very possible they lose to Seton Hall by 20 in the first round on Friday.
1: Yeah, I've got Arizona going to the final four. So I did not have the Horn Frogs pulling off that upset. I just saw them saw in person. I went like lined up a couple hours early for the game and we were down by 25 plus in the first half and they put up like 60 in the first half. And so at that wow. point, I was like, you know what? I think I believe in Arizona getting it done in the tournament, but we're not a basketball podcast. You want to get into some real baseball? Let's do it. So we're going to start. We're talking about free agency, but I guess we're starting with a trade. Matt Olson traded to the Braves. It has ripples throughout free agency, um, but a huge trade that many foresaw coming. If the Braves were not going to bring back Freddie, Freddie Freeman, which is a whole other discussion that we can get into. But. Matt Olson goes to Atlanta, then eventually signs an extension. Uh, eight years, I think it was, what, $160-something million? dollars. 168 uh, I believe. 168 And they get back Christian Pache, Shea Longoliers, Ryan Cusick, and Joey Estes from the Atlanta Braves. That's, uh, depending on where you look, some of the highest prospects in the Braves system, including Christian Pache, who I believe MLB Pipeline still has as the number one prospect in their organization. So pretty big return for the A's, uh, but it kind of marks a lot of things that I'll let you get into.
0: Yeah, I would I Matt Olsen is one of my favorite first basemen. I, I really think I wanted the Dodgers to actually make a move for him, and it was never really likely, but I would have loved him in a Dodgers uniform. But uh I think this is great for the Braves. I think maybe they saw what was coming with Freddie Freeman and uh they ca- maybe got tired of waiting and just had to make a move to secure hometown guy Matt Olson from Atlanta and immediately signed him to his extension. So it's not just a rental. So it was justified in what they gave up for him. And I think it'll be good for them. And obviously it'll have an impact on the Freddie Freeman market. Obviously the Braves aren't in on him him anymore. And uh, there's a lot about him that is still uncertain. And we'll get into that later when we talk about him. But for now, I think it's, it's great for the Braves that they make, made sure they got their first baseman for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it if you take out the idea that Freddie Freeman was once a Brave and not even once a Brave, but like one of the more meaningful players that the Braves have had in our generation, and you could argue one of the better Braves of all time. If you take that out of the way, it looks like a good trade. Like honestly, giving up what they gave up, I would say it's a good return. And the extension after is another great move by Atlanta to lock down their young players. Um, and also for a pretty solid price. I would, I would take eight years for $168 million from Ed Olsen in a heartbeat, especially adding on top of what they're giving Albies and Acuna. But the idea that they had Freddie Freeman, who they just didn't want to pay for a long time, and they gave up a very large amount of their farm system for Matt Olson you're kind of just weighing the two and obviously one sounds, you know, like you're giving up a lot less. And I know the Braves didn't want to uh, re-sign Freddie for the years that he wanted, but with everything that he meant to the Atlanta Braves, uh, with everything that he brought them, including getting them to a world series and helping them win one this past year. um, It just, it just sits the wrong, it, I don't know. It, it doesn't sit well for me when I look at the whole picture.
0: Yeah. One of my good friends here is, is a Braves fan when the news first broke, I texted him. I was like, what do you think? And he wasn't too happy about it. Cause obviously it means you're giving up your franchise icon who was until a couple years ago when Ronald Cunha and Albies came and they really started to compete and it ended in a world title. But until a few years ago, he was the franchise and uh, he's, I mean, while Matt Olson might be the same like caliber type of player at first base, it does suck to lose out on your guy who's been in your franchise for so long. And you saw the, uh, the Braves, I think it was their GM crying in an interview talking about the trade just because of what it meant giving up, giving up Freddie Freeman.
1: Yeah. And it's also giving up some of the guys that have grown in their system for a long time. And some guys that could have provided a lot of value down the road. And I think the only way that you justify Matt Olson over Freddie Freeman is you know, Matt Olson is a younger player and you don't want to be tied down to Freddie Freeman uh, for quite as long, but you're also leveraging a lot of your future in order to make that move. Christian Pache um, who I know you've become a big fan of him since the trade to Oakland. Um, But we've seen him. He's a talented player. He's elite on defense still is yet to find, you know, find it with the bat at the major league level, but the potential is still there. He's been a top prospect in their system for a long time. Shea Longlears is supposed to be, you know, maybe their next great catcher. uh, One of the better catching prospects in baseball. Um, And then two pitchers that were ranked ninth and 14th in our system and Ryan Cusick and Joey Estes. So they're giving up a large chunk. And now that all goes to Oakland. Um, So I think, you know, yes, you're getting medals and for a longer time, which you didn't want Freddie for obviously eight years down the road, but you're also leveraging a lot of the future. So I don't know if you had that, that same opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And you mentioned, I became a Pache fan since the trade and what he's referring to is uh, after the trade uh, Pache tweeted something. He said, saying he was heartbroken that heartbroken that he was leaving the brave system, but he's, he's pledged to give us all to the A's organization and i think it just really shows how human the guys are in the league and like these guys he he was signed as an international free agent co- coming to atlanta and now he's traded and it's just, it just shows his human side and i i really became a big fan of them, him in, in that way
1: uh yeah and i think that the other thing that this signals is the A's are really going to start moving a lot of their guys. We saw it with Chris Bassett, who we're going to get to that trade. Uh, actually, well, we can talk about it right now, but they traded Chris Bassett to the Mets as well. Um, got it. you know, they got some guys back for that as well. Uh, but Chris Bassett's gone, Matt Olson's gone. And we're hearing that, you know, Matt Chapman, Sean Murphy, Frankie Monta, Sean Manaya, like those are all guys that could be on the move as well. And we all thought this could happen, but I think now we're seeing it come to fruition and we may be seeing Three to five more A's moved in the next coming weeks.
0: Yeah, the A's fire sale is well underway, and uh, it's gonna be ugly here for the A's for for a little while. And it's just, it sucks as it to see some A's fans what they have to go through. You get these guys who are really good, and then the minute they need to get paid, they're gone. And it's it just sucks that the A's they haven't had like a franchise guy who just. Sticks around like a Freddie Freeman in, in a long time, who they keep e- even w- during the tough years, and it's just it sucks to see for A's fans, but it's just the way the A's are nowadays.
1: And I'm, we're from the Bay Area, so we've obviously have run-ins with a lot of A's fans, and all the time, and we've been to A's games. No one goes to A's games relatively compared to a lot of other MLB franchises. Uh, they've got some of the worst attendance in all of sports, and it's going to get way worse. Like it it you're right. It does suck to have a team that has had a long history of really good players, even recently um, that they just don't get brought back or they get traded away. And that's just tough to see. And I'm, I'm sure glad I'm not an A's fan because you just can't have nice things if you're an A's fan.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, that just might be the way it is for a while for the, for the A's just, it's tough to see. Maybe if they get their new stadium approved and they get some more fans there. Maybe you keep them, but, for now that it is what it is. And uh, you want to get into some uh,
1: more of the free agency moves of that that we saw in the last few days. Yeah. And we can start a little bit closer to home for both of us because two of the first moves of free agency were our two teams bring in and are bringing back left-handed starting pitchers. Uh, we can start my Giants signed Carlos Rodon, one of the first, I think even maybe the first move to kick off free agency. It was uh, the first big move. Yeah, to a two year deal. He's making uh, upwards of $20 million a year. But for two years, I would say it's a pretty good deal. Giants needed one more starter, and I think it would have been good for them to add another lefty. And I think they got arguably the best lefty that was out there on the market. And it's a perfect deal for what the Giants are looking for, because we've seen uh, so far through this free agency and through far anxiety's tenure as the Giants GM that he doesn't want to go in big with free agency. He said earlier, he didn't want to spend upwards of 100 mil on one guy. So he gets, uh, you know, one of the better starting pitchers on the market who was looking for a shorter deal. And I think it's kind of a match made in heaven.
0: Yeah, the Giants, uh, they surprised me. They, they went out, they're making moves. They're uh, they're really trying to become contenders again and uh, maintain what they had last year, I should say. But uh, I think the Giants could be a playoff team. I hate to say it.
1: I love but, how they—they uh, they literally won the division last year. They only lost like one or two guys, and your main about them maybe not being a playoff team.
0: Their main contributors were Posey, Belt, Crawford. Uh, Longoria was good. Darren Ruff of all people. That, and I—I just, I just don't—I don't see a lot of those guys maintaining that.
1: Did you see a lot of those guys doing it in the first place? No, and that's why it was like a there you go one-time
0: thing, is what I see it, see it as, but. I think the expanded playoffs will really help the giants. And I think they could be, they will fight for that second spot in the NLS with the Padres. And I think the NLS will really be a dog race for the three of those teams at the top.
1: I think one of the things we even forgot to put on the episode plan is Fernando Tatis set to miss uh, the yeah. first three months of the season due to motorcycling accidents or, you know, one single accident. The worst quote of that was him saying, you know, asked about the motorcycle accident. He said, which one? And yeah. that's, you You hate to see it. Cause he's one of the best young stars in baseball. We put out a TikTok saying, I think on our combined list, the fifth best player in MLB and he's going to, he missed a lot of last season and he's going to miss the first three months of the season too. So Daniel West gets a little bit easier for the giants and Dodgers, uh, but it sucks because we get to lose out on, you know, more of one of the better players in baseball.
0: Yeah. You hate to see it as a baseball fan. Cause Tatis is someone who's really exciting. He brings a lot of energy to just baseball in general, and he's a very marketable player for the MLB and, with him not on the field that's going to suck for the game of baseball as a whole cuz those are guys you want to see on the field you want to see compete and uh thankfully he he's pledged to no longer motorcycle so hopefully that's that's true and he may hopefully his uh injuries if they do come they stay on the field cuz you just hate to see off the field injury i mean you hate to see all injuries but off the field injuries especially cuz those are those are things you can control
1: I mean he wins the award for, you know, worst spring training or off-season injury. You got you, you get one of those weird ones every year. You think of like stepping on a cactus or I forget who the Giants pitcher was, but they were cutting frozen hamburgers like cuz they froze a stack of hamburgers were trying to use a knife to cut between them and separate them and slice their finger. Um and so it it just sucks to see for Tatis. The worst part though outside of him saying which which motorcycle accident was i think the day after that happened whether that was today or yesterday i don't quite know but they were trying to see how many padres pitchers they could fit in one golf cart and the thing started to tip backwards (laughs) it's like dude they do not learn and as a giants and dodgers fan like that was funny i I, i'd accept it i don't want to see him get hurt but uh you know if having one of the dumber teams in the same division it doesn't doesn't hurt either
0: yeah and uh I I that I saw that video today. It was, I was I laughed out loud a little bit. I chuckled when I saw that video. It's yeah. just funny to see eight guys or whatever it was riding on a golf cart in spring training.
1: That is the stuff that we are missing. Like that's the that's the stuff we missed for a while. Is that the camaraderie, some team teamwork, if you that's what you want to call it, um, and just kind of having fun out on a baseball field. It just doesn't look good when your star player had a motorcycle accident that's causing him to be out for three three months.
0: Yeah, it, I, I guess so. But we can get back into some more free agency. Clayton Kershaw is back with the Dodgers. He is that franchise icon for the Dodgers. And good to see him back on a one year deal. It does feel like a little bit of a, maybe a farewell tour for him, but good to see him back. I know he's still got some, some pitching left in the tank for him. And I know he'll be a great starter for the Dodgers, especially at the price and uh, what they are going to need out of him to go back to being world series champions this year.
1: Yeah. I really thought we were getting rid of him. I really thought he was going to be out of the division. He was going to the American league. We might not have to face him. Um, Clayton Kershaw, probably the most dominant Dodger I've watched since growing up. I mean, he's been there every single year. I've been paying attention to baseball and it's not been in a good way for giants fans. Um, so really wish he didn't return to the Dodgers, but I think it's a move that, Absolutely, the Dodgers needed to make because they were already kind of limited at uh, starting pitcher with Max Scherzer leaving for the Mets and whatever's happening with Trevor Bauer happening with them. Whether he returns to them this year, they were still going to be pretty limited. Dustin May coming back off injury, Tony Gonsolin coming back. Um, There was a lot that they had to focus on and and work through. So adding Clayton Kershaw as a guy that you can stick into that rotation, maybe he won't be ready immediately, but he's a guy that you can rely on to come back and he will give you solid innings this year, um, and he will give you uh, that culture aspect in the rotation that you absolutely need if you're the dodgers
0: yeah and as for the dodgers as a whole some more moves they need to make They top priority right now is signing freddie freeman and hopefully giving a contract extension to trey turner that's been in the talks but it's not really picking up steam but other than that they probably need to address the dh now that the dh is coming to the national league then need another bat maybe jorge soler Maybe you make a push, bring back Albert Pujols to platoon with another guy. Jock Peterson maybe can play there a little bit. Maybe they'll bring him back. And then, like you mentioned, Trevor Bauer. If Trevor Bauer isn't going to pitch for the Dodgers again, they'll need to address another arm. And one thing I tweeted: Maybe you go after a Luis Castillo. You, uh, I think, if you sign Freddie Freeman, you can move. Muncie to play second with Chris Taylor and you could trade a package around Gavin Lux for Castillo. And that address a lot of problems there. I I mean, obviously perfect world here. Yeah. Dodgers fan. Just go get everyone. You're used to it. Yeah, exactly. And Keep doing it. I like it.
1: Yeah. I think I, I think what Ah. I've said to you for a really long time is if you keep making these big moves, you're just kind of going to, keep pushing stuff down the line eventually it's going to catch up to you it's not catching up to them quite yet but i think the dodgers are maybe feeling the ripples of that um not being able to bring back a guy like scherzer at his price that he's asking for um you're losing you're losing guys like joe kelly you're eventually gonna have to extend some guys you know like will smith uh you have to give trey turner a contract extension so i think they realize they've got a lot of guys that eventually are going to need to get paid so I think they're kind of prioritizing what they have in-house. Um, and they're obviously a team that will contend no matter what, um, but they wouldn't be the same level of super team where you've got guys like AJ Pollock and Chris Taylor on the bench and Walker Bueller is your second or third starter and Julio Urias is your fourth or fifth starter. Like those guys are gonna move up higher in the rotation. AJ Pollock is gonna be Relied on a lot more to start some games, um, so they're still going to be a fantastic team. But you're right; if they want to maintain the level of super team esque level that they were at, they're going to need to go out and get maybe another starter, someone else in the bullpen. They still need a closer, um, and I think they need to address first base.
0: Yeah, and Muncy might miss the start of the season, so like yeah, first baseman Edwin Rios will be back, so he can play a little first base. But the Dodgers, like you said, they'll always contend. They and they have the prospects right now to make a move for a guy like Luis Castillo. But if they don't, they also have a future with those prospects. So that'll be something to watch the Dodgers for the rest of until the season starts. And who knows, maybe after some guys might take a while here, seasons will get kicked up in a few weeks. So we'll see. But as for more moves, we saw the twins making some moves and not really sure what they're what they're thinking, what's going on with the twins. You want to get into that that one a little bit?
1: Yeah, I was not expecting the twins to be the headline makers of the offseason, but that's what they've been so far. And it's been high volume moves that just don't really add up. Like they, It's like you're doing a connect the dots, and they're just going complete separate ways every single time. So they added uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Ronnie Henriquez trading away Mitch Garver to the Texas Rangers. So, it, you know, you're trading away one of your better players, I would say, in Mitch Garver, and you're getting back some value, but you're immediately turning around. You're flipping Isaiah kind of for foot, Josh Donaldson. I'm going to butcher his name, but Ben Rortvet, who's a catcher, for Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez, two guys that were kind of on the outs with the Yankees. And I don't know if you're making your team better or worse there. So two two trades that kind of are awash, and you don't really know whether you're getting better or worse if you're selling or you're buying. Um, which is the trade, by the way, I think is good for the Yankees. They get a good player at third. I think Isaiah kind a very versatile player that any team would want to have at this point, as long as he's not your starting shortstop. But then also the the twins turning around and going out and buying Sonny Gray and trading away one of their better prospects and one of the better draft prospects in uh, recent years in Chase Petty. And they want another starting pitcher and they're in on Trevor Story. So it's you're trading away some of your better players and and you're trading away your future to buy players. And it just doesn't really make sense. I'm not really sure what the twins are doing, especially in a division where I think no matter what moves they make, they're not going to beat the white Sox in that division.
0: Yeah. Maybe they're trying to just trying to be an edge playoff team, but you're right. The moves really just don't make sense. And I've got strong thoughts about the Sunday gray for chase petty trade. I really feel like that trade has a little bit of Tatis for James Shield vibes. You give away like a really good prospect for a mid-tier at best starting pitcher. And I just I just don't like that move for the twins. And uh, like you said, all their moves, they're just they're head scratchers. They're not adding up. Maybe they're just trying to make the playoffs and they'll be happy with that next year after they had they had some success not in the playoffs, but. They were winning the central for a few years and maybe they're just desperate to be a playoff team again.
1: And it's a lot of movement and trading away some quality guys for, I don't even know if I would call them all that much better. Gio Urshela over Josh Donaldson. I don't think you're upgrading. I think Josh Donaldson's a better player. Gary Sanchez save
0: some money there. You do save some
1: money. Yeah. But at this point, like it's getting close to season time. It doesn't really matter how much money you have. Uh, Mitch Garver, I would say is a better catcher than Gary Sanchez. And I would say it's pretty marginally. Um, and then trading away chase petty to get Sonny gray now, which I guess you kind of, they needed pitching, but it's not enough that I think you need to go out and buy a guy like Sonny gray. So I don't, I don't even know if I would call them a better team after all these moves.
0: Yeah, they're definitely a different look team, but you're right. Maybe not better. I think if they trade for another starting pitcher, and get Trevor Story, they could be a playoff team, but as of now, I I don't know if they have much success in the central.
1: Yeah. And I think with the twins, they're they missed their previous window and they're trying to maybe recreate a little bit of that window right now. But if I were them, I'd be focusing on the future. I'd want to keep a guy like Chase Petty for a couple of years down the line when you don't have to deal with the Rays being at the level they're at right now. You don't have to deal with the the Astros who are still going to be good, the White Sox and the Blue Jays who are heavily rising and the Red Sox and the Yankees who are the Red Sox and the Yankees. So I think their window was down the road and it seems like they're kind of giving some of that away to be relevant now. Um, And I don't even know if this team is a playoff team, but speaking of the Yankees, I think the trade was good for them. And I just got a notification that they're uh in agreement in a contract with Anthony Rizzo. So I don't know, maybe speak to the Yankees a little bit because they had some big aspirations coming to the offseason. And so far they've ended up with Anthony Rizzo, Isaiah falefa and Josh Donaldson, not Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa or Corey Seager.
0: Yeah, Rizzo, he's a solid player. I think they wanted to get a short term deal. I don't know what they ended up signing him to, but uh Rizzo's a good consolation, consolation, but you're right. It it sucks for Yankees fans missing out. You're going to the offseason. We're going to get Freddie Freeman, and we're going to get Seeger Correa, Story, and you end up with Rizzo again and Kynor Falefa as your first, base and first baseman and shortstop. And then you get the news. They got a few unvaccinated players. We won't get in the, into that too much, but it's just not looking good for the Yankees right now for next season. And like we said, it's a good consolation, but it's just not what the Yankees were expecting going into this offseason.
1: Yeah, I, and I, I don't think they're done making moves. Um, they're still in on Freddie Freeman. This move to get Anthony Rizzo, though, kind of signals that that might not be uh, a possibility for them anymore. Uh, I think they still want to maybe bring in a guy like Carlos Correa. But we just haven't been hearing a lot on that front as we were at the beginning of the offseason before the lockout. Um, And there's still maybe guys that they can go out and trade for be it uh, Sean Murphy, who I've heard they're interested in, uh, or one of the A's starters in Minaya or Montas, but it just doesn't really feel like what we expected from the Yankees. Um, And with the great teams in the AL East from the past, like the Rays and teams that are getting way better, like the blue Jays, it kind of feels like the Yankees are the disappointing team in that division.
0: Yeah. You you mentioned that. I was going to mention that the Rays they are, they're they're gonna compete for a while. Blue Jays are up on the up 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 and coming, but it's kind of feeling like the Yankees are on the outs a little bit on the AL East. And the Red Sox, they surprised them. They end up beating the Yankees in the wild card last year. So they could be a playoff team. So the Yankees where they're at right now, they're a fringe playoff team at best, is what I'd say, especially in that tough division.
1: Yeah. And there's a couple more moves that we can talk about. Uh, one of the other big trades was between the Mariners and the Reds and the Mariners sent uh, some of their prospects over originally what we thought was just for Jesse Winker, but it turns out it's Jesse Winker and a Eugenio Suarez heading to Seattle for the players, uh, Justin Dunn, Jake Fraley, uh, and a second round pick from 2019 and Brandon Williamson with also one more player to be named later. So what were your thoughts on that trade?
0: I thought it's good to see the Mariners going out and trying to get guys. like the Mariners are a team I want to see do well, yep. just because they've been so irrelevant for so long since their 116 win season. But I liked it from the Mariners. Doesn't really make sense for the Reds. They gave up two guys for. I mean, they got a a, a large sized haul, but I don't know if it was the best. But it's it's it was an interesting deal for sure. Good for the Mariners. I like it from from a Mariners point of view. Uh, what, were, what were your thoughts on that trade?
1: Yeah, I think those are, I mean, two players that will heavily help the Mariners and they're trying to be a team that can contend in the AL and we've seen them make moves uh, in order to do that. And I think this is a good one as well. Uh, I think Jesse Winker is a really good player when healthy. A. Eugenio Suarez is always a threat to hit a home run. Uh, may strike out a lot and may not play yeah. the best defense in the world, but he's, he's a good hitter. And I think it makes the Mariners better. For the reds. I think this just signals that in the sunny gray trade signals. They're ready to lose some games. You had players like Nick Castellanos wanting out as well. Um, And so I think they're just realizing that they're not one of the better teams in the NL right now. And I think wisely they're making moves to move on from some of that. And they got back chase petty for sunny gray, but this hall, I wasn't a huge fan of. I think they probably could have gotten more for what are you could have argued going in after losing sunny gray, two of their three best players.
0: Yeah, and we could see some more guys for the Reds get traded. We mentioned Castillo a little bit, but Tyler Maly could also be moved as well. So maybe they get a, a good haul. Castillo has a high asking price, I know. So maybe if they make for, a few more moves, they can get a good haul and hopefully kickstart a rebuild for them a little bit because it really seems like that's where they're heading right now.
1: Yeah, they kind of feel like, on a lower level, the A's of the NL right now trading away because they've got a lot of a lot of good players that teams are interested in and they're trading away a lot of them. I doubt they move both Castillo and Malley because at some point you got to get butts in seats for the year and you got to sell some tickets. Uh, I think Mali's a guy that they should probably keep along because I think he can be there along a rebuild or a retool. Castillo's a guy though that his price is high right now and it he's not going to provide you as much value as he could if you moved him for prospects. So I think they should definitely look to moving Castillo the Dodgers make a lot of sense. There's other teams like the Yankees that make a lot of sense. So that seems like a, a wise move to make. I think two more signings that we can touch on um, since this episode's you know, going pretty fast at this point And we've got a lot to talk about. You say Kikuchi on a three-year deal to the Toronto Blue Jays for $36 million. Uh, and Andrew McCutcheon signed a deal with the Milwaukee Brewers. So what were your thoughts on those two moves?
0: I like Kikuchi to the Blue Jays. Uh, it just adds to an insane amount of starting pitching depth that the Blue Jays have you got Barrios, you got Gosman, you got Kikuchi now, you got Ryu, uh Stripling, uh Nate Pearson and Nate uh Pearson, Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa. That's seven guys that can be impact starting pitchers this year for them. So they they got a lot of depth there. And uh I really like this Blue Jays team going into the year. And we have a episode uh maybe next week, maybe the week after, where we'll talk about our record predict our season predictions, but the blue Jays are a team that we're high on and we could get, get into them a little bit now, but we'll also talk about them a lot in a few weeks.
1: Yeah. And then I think McCutcheon is a guy that almost everyone, when they were doing their predictions had penciled into Pittsburgh, like here's the one guy that the, that the pirates will sign this off season, you know, Andrew McCutcheon gets to ride off into the sunset in Pittsburgh, but he's actually going to the Milwaukee Brewers. And this is something I really like for them. A guy that can, um probably platoon uh, or make an impact every day in the lineup and adds to a team that n- kind of I, I would say needed hitting after last year because you know the pitching staff is immaculate it's one of the better one of the best pitching staffs in the league maybe the best one two three punch uh with freddie peralta brandon woodruff and the cy young winner corbin burns but they needed some more hitting i think andrew mccutcheon's a pretty good addition to that lineup
0: yeah especially after losing jackie bradley jr back to the red sox you got yelich now hopefully he can have a bounce back season for baseball, but yeah, you're right. The Brewers needed some hitting, especially losing out on a Jackie Bradley jr. They needed an outfielder. So I like that one as well for the Brewers and uh, it'll be good to see them uh, compete in the central this year again.
1: And that's pretty much it so far. Um, We're going to have guys that are still going to make moves and sign. That'll be covered in the next episode. I'm sure we can start it off with that and we can kind of get into now, who some of those guys are and where we think they could possibly end up the big one's freddie freeman we were hoping he would kind of sign by this episode uh but we got the Matt Olson trade instead which pretty much balances out but freddie freeman's a guy that's there's been a lot of talk about him he's been the main focus free agency maybe the best free agent to come on the market uh, outside of the shortstops and right now it's kind of i would say hit a stalemate um uh, by the way the anthony rizzo to the yankees was two year 32 million dollars hmm. I don't know. That's kind of expensive for Anthony Rizzo. 16 mil a year.
0: I'd say that's the Yankees can Yankees can can do that and they need a first baseman. So I think that's, I think that's relatively fair for the Yankees needs and Anthony Rizzo. He's he'll be a solid player.
1: Yeah. That's a signal too, that he's, he's going to be the first baseman. They come out of this offseason with there's, you can take them off of the list uh, for Freddie Freeman and and some, someone like that or a Kyle Schwarber to maybe play first. Um, but yeah, Freeman, I think right now you're looking between the Dodgers or the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays who were already high on it. They had a guy like Freddie Freeman instantly vault up to maybe even being a World Series favorite. We've seen teams like the Rays and the Red Sox and previously the Yankees mixed into that. So everyone except the Orioles and the AL East and then the Dodgers. I think the and Rays the, and the, the Red Sox. Well. The Dodgers are well. Yeah,
0: yep, they're, they were in on them as, as of today.
1: Yeah. And then, so I think Rays and Red Sox are two names that we've seen the Rays. We were hearing more about the Rays before, and I think that's kind of tailed off a bit. I doubt he goes to Tampa. My best bet is he probably ends up on the Dodgers, which would suck. Um, but I don't know if, if, if you have that same feeling.
0: No. And surprisingly, I don't have that same feeling that it would suck. If oh, he I was meant on the, the same feeling he
1: would go there, but I, yeah, that was <laughs> oh, <works yeah>.
0: <laughs> But, uh, I would re- really like to see him with the Dodgers. I think, the more and more that he waited, the more and more I felt like he was going back to the Braves. Obviously the Braves are out on him now after the medals and trade, but, and after the medals and trade, I thought, okay, it's a done deal. Freddie Freeman will be a Dodger by tonight. And, uh, two days have passed now. And you're really not hearing much other than other teams are now in, and maybe it's a bidding war now. And it's just, you really don't have a lot of stuff other than a lot of teams are in on him. So You're right. The feeling is that he would go back to the Dodgers, but right now there's no way to tell for
1: sure. Yeah. And I think another guy just like that is Carlos Correa. The only problem is we don't know who the other teams are. We know the Mm -hmm. Astros are making a new offer because they've, a lot of Astros players have been begging them to bring Carlos Correa back. Like he's a guy that everyone in Houston wants back in Houston. It's just kind of a matter of, are they going to do it? And does he want to come back? So they're making a new offer, which is good to hear. I think I know your opinions on Carlos Correa and a lot of the Astros, maybe just keep them in Houston. So it doesn't (laughs) interfere with other teams. Uh, But other than that, we really haven't heard much about other teams in the mix. We've heard like, maybe he would be a good fit as a Chicago Cub, but we haven't heard about talks going on between them. Um, The the big rumor going in was the Tigers and they kind of focused on Javi Baez instead. So we don't know a whole lot about Carlos Correa right now, so I guess maybe where do you think would be a good fit if he didn't end up on the Astros?
0: I could still see the Yankees being a good fit. You're right, the Cubs might be a fit. They need a shortstop. But other than that, you're right, we haven't heard much, and it's it's hard to see him anywhere else other than staying in Houston at this point.
1: I think if he was willing to switch positions, there'd be a lot of teams that would be interested in him potentially playing third base. Um, but if he doesn't, I think if he's going to stay at shortstop, I think it's most likely at this point he ends up back with the Astros or it'll be a team that surprises us. And I, I guess I can maybe see it. A team that I'd be actually interested in, which it's kind of like, it's not like other sports where you can really make a case for any of the teams Um, in baseball. There's teams that just don't really spend the money and they don't really bring in the guys. uh, And some teams don't look to win, but a team that is kind of turning that bend, I would say a little bit is the Miami Marlins. I think they could really use a guy like Carlos Correa. They
0: could, but I don't think it'll happen just because, you know, the whole thing, Jeter was leaving because he wanted yeah. to spend money and they wouldn't do it. So I don't I don't think, you're right, it might make sense, but I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying pretty much. Yeah, and, and another guy who uh, you mentioned, if Correa were to switch positions, he'd get more attention. Another guy like that is Trevor Story, who I heard he was getting the deals he wanted, but it was if he would play a third base. So as for Trevor Story, the Twins, we mentioned the Twins are still in on him. I heard some Cardinals rumors, but him as well. I think he's a guy that waits until Correa signs. I think Correa will kind of shape the market for Trevor Story. And uh,
1: what are your thoughts on Story, where he stands now? Yeah, Story's one of the free agents I'm higher on than most. Um, Most as in, like I think most people are higher on we higher on guys like Javi Baez and Carlos Crea. And I was as well as players, except for Baez. I, I, I don't know. I think I was higher on story than Baez, but for the price, I thought he was like for the bang for your buck, maybe the better free agent to look at, at the shortstop position coming into the off season. And I still believe that I think he can be, um, in a, on a good roster and out of Colorado, which I know he gets help by Coors, but out of that Colorado lineup where he was kind of offered no protection, if he can revitalize, uh, to where he was before and a team can look at him, uh, get to work on his swing, put him in the middle of an order that has some dangerous hitters in it. I think a team like the Phillies would be a good fit. I think that Trevor story can be one of the more bang for your bucks, free agent, especially at the shortstop position where we're seeing mega deals for guys like Corey Seager. uh, You could call Marcus, Simeon a shortstop um, and Carlos Correa. Yeah,
0: I could see the, uh, I could see the appeal there. Trevor story. You're right he won't be a $300 million guy most likely. And uh, he is a solid shortstop. And I, I do think he'd be a fit on a lot of teams. The Phillies are one that could really use a Trevor story. And I think that would help them as well with their playoff hopes going into 2022.
1: I think a team that like uh, a dark horse team for Trevor story too, who's looking to have one of those guys that can still be a, a franchise piece and looking to add to uh previous talent is the Washington Nationals. They lost Trey Turner, obviously, and they're a franchise that has for a long time had a lot of players um, who are name brand, you know, household names like Trey Turner and Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg, Bryce Harper, and now Juan Soto. I think adding a guy like Trevor Story to maybe fill the shoes of Trey Turner uh, and play either short or second could be a good move for the Nationals.
0: You're right, I could see that a little bit, but uh moving on from Trevor's story a little bit. Uh, there's still a lot of guys that need to be signed right now. And, uh, I mean, you got a few big names you want to, I'll list them off and you could tell me like who you like and who you, whoever you think you might be a fit or where they might go. Yep. You got Seiya Suzuki, you got Kyle Schwarber, Chris Bryant, Jorge Soler, Kenley Jansen, Rosario, Michael Conforto, Jock Peterson, Nick Castellanos, you got a few more guys to be traded that we could talk about a little bit more at the end, but that we mentioned a little bit earlier, but of those names who are free agents, who stands out to you and where do you think they might end up or where might be a good fit for them?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I look at, I I'll start with Nick Castellanos. First of all, Um, he's a guy that a lot of people had going to the Marlins, this free agency and another one of those guys, probably for some of the reasons that Derek Jeter was referencing. Um, but he said he had significant interest in going to, the Marlins and they kind of cooled off on him probably didn't want to spend the money it would take to bring him to Miami. So that is, that would everyone penciled that in as a pretty good fit. And now he's on the open market and I don't know, I'm having trouble finding a spot for him as a, like kind of a landing spot in my mind. I think Dodgers makes sense if they want to spend a little bit more for that DH spot than a guy like Jorge Soler. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I think the Rays would be an excellent spot for him to land, but I don't think they would, be a team to make that move. I think he might be exactly what that lineup is missing. Um, being a guy that can play first base sometimes can play outfield or DH. I think he fits, but he doesn't really fit what the Rays want to do spending wise. Um, and then the other guys that, that I wanted to focus on a couple guys, just based on kind of my giant frame of mind, Chris Bryant giants are bringing him back right now. It seems like the Rockies are the team that's the most in on him, which doesn't really make sense, but it's the reports we're hearing. Say Suzuki is a guy who I really wanted in San Francisco, but it I kind of feels like he's going to go to San Diego, had dinner with you, Darvish. I think he probably ends up as a Padre, especially because they've got you and they also signed Hassan Kim last year. Uh, and the last guy was uh, Kyle Schwarber, who I do think might end up as a San Francisco Giant, uh, but he's also got some other guys being interested in him, specifically the Blue Jays, if they miss out on Freddie Freeman.
0: Yeah, I think... At the end there, Kyle Schwarber. I think he'd be a good fit for the Blue Jays. Another left-handed bat, you because you got a lot of righties in that lineup. I think a left-handed bat that has a little versatility, outfield, first base, DH. I think that'd be good for them if they, like you said, if they missed out on Freddie Freeman. But uh, yeah, Cassianos, You haven't heard much since the Marlins are out, so he's another guy I think a lot of teams can use. But you're right, he might be a little bit more expensive what he's asking for. But I think with the DH opening up in the national league, there's a lot of teams that could use him and use a guy like Jorge Soler, who who does have a lot of interest. Jorge Soler does between the Braves wanted to bring him back. The Marlins could be a fit. I know the Dodgers are heavy in on him. I think he'd be a, be great for the Dodgers, but uh, Jorge Soler, a guy that I like, and he's exciting and he could bring a lot of use to a lot of teams. And what are your thoughts on Jorge Soler?
1: Yeah, I think he's, uh, he'd be a great fit in a lot of lineups, especially with the DH coming to the national league. One thing I think we do have to note though, is there is going to be a lot of these guys that if they don't have interest, they might just end up signing with teams. We don't expect like the Royals will probably sign one of these guys. The Orioles will maybe sign one of these guys. Like it's kind of the moves that we see during free agency because some of these players want to go in and be one of the bigger names in the franchises um, and give themselves a platform to make themselves more money down the road as well. If their markets aren't as hot as they'd like right now.
0: Yeah. you you always see those guys sign with the random teams who you may, maybe not a sign. It doesn't really make sense other than bringing attention to them on that team and bringing attention little relevancy to the teams that maybe aren't so relevant.
1: Yeah, and speaking on Castellanos, I think if the Padres miss out on Suzuki uh, and they don't get a Freddie Freeman, I think he's a guy that that will fit into that Padres lineup. Give them a DH, give them a the guy who can play first base or play left field or right field. Maybe not all that well, but he's a guy they can slot in there um, and add some thump to the lineup too if they're going to be missing Tatis.
0: Yeah, I could see that being a fit as well, and uh, some other guys. A lot of left-handed bats here. We mentioned Schwarber, but you still have Eddie Rosario, Michael Conforto and Jock Peterson. And those are a lot of guys that can help a lot of lineups as well, especially with DH coming and guys that you haven't really heard much about. And those could be guys that end up signing short term, maybe a little bit more expensive than they deserve with random teams as well, like you mentioned. But I think a lot of teams could also use them if those guys were willing to maybe take less than what they're asking for.
1: Yeah. You look at Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario and Jock Peterson and one, if not two or all of them will probably end up back on the Braves. I think the Braves resign one of them. They'll probably take their pick of the litter. And the other ones seem like those guys that we're talking about that will end up on teams that we don't quite expect. Eddie Rosario seems like a name that will end up on, uh, on a team like that. Um, But I think Jock Peterson has a market uh, for other teams. I think Jorge Soler does. Even uh, some of the other guys we were talking about, Michael Conforto, uh, th- those are valuable bats that are still available. Um, and I think there we'll see these moves start to ramp up soon and there will be teams that just, these are guys that we're not hearing as much about right now. So it's hard to think about where they're going to end up.
0: Yeah, and I think as we get the Freddie Freemans, Carlos Correa's off the board, we'll start to hear more about these guys and will the where they will end up will become a little bit clearer to us.
1: Uh yeah, there's one more thing that I realized a signing that I didn't we didn't really get to talk about. Uh the Joe Kelly to the White Sox. Like I just kind of rub that one off, but I really like uh-huh. that move and it sets up their bullpen to be absolutely phenomenal. Because you forget they oh, added yeah. Kendall Graveman. They still have Craig Kimbrell, they still have Liam Hendricks, Garrett Crochet, Michael Kopeck in that bullpen. It's just gonna be a bunch of flamethrowers, and they've got an offense to match um in the starting pitching uh a rotation to match as well, so I think the White Sox, like we mentioned with the Blue Jays, another extremely dangerous team.
0: Yeah, I would love to see the White Sox. Maybe you see it with a midseason trade to make a push, but I'd love to see them add another starting pitcher because they lost they lost Rodon from last year, but you still have Lucas Giolito and uh, Lance Lynn as well. But I that's a team that can make some noise in the AL, and you're seeing these young teams like the White Sox and the Blue Jays start to rise and they're going to be the future of baseball for a while. And those, those type of teams will be good for a few years down the road. And I think they're in position to make some noise in the American league.
1: So, yeah, I would say we can end it with one signing or trade. If you had to guess, like we kind of did last episode and I, we were like both, still have to wait on those. Because I think we both said Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers, but one trade and or signing that you think happens by next episode that you're the one you're most confident in.
0: I would say I'm not going to put a specific name on it, but I think another A's player gets dealed by next episode. I think there's they're going to get rid of guys. They're going to get rid of a lot of them. And uh, I'm pretty confident that the A's will move at least one more guy because there's some interest in Frankie Montas and Sean Minaya. And I think one of those two guys could get moved by next episode.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a an A become a Yankee in the next week, whether that's Sean Murphy, uh, whether that's Sean Manai or Frankie Montas. I think one of them, that's a pretty good bet if if you had to go lay down some money, one of them ending up in, in the Bronx. Uh, another move that I think I'd be pretty confident in right now, and it, it sucks because I wanted him on the Giants, but I think Suzuki signs with the Padres, that one might take a little bit longer. So I'm not sure if it'll be done within a week, um, but I'm pretty confident that that one will end up happening fairly soon. Um, and I, I really think he could be a great MLB player. That's something we haven't really mentioned yet, but I think he can he can make a, a pretty solid transition um, and, and make an effect in that lineup that Hassan Kim didn't quite make.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, like you said, he will be an impact player in the MLB. Hasan Kim was a little bit of a disappointment for the Padres last season, but if they if they land uh, say a Suzuki, I think they could be a contender again. Hopefully Tatis gets healthy and stays healthy for the MLB. But uh, I think those are a few guys that'll st- that'll make moves here soon. I think Freddie Freeman. I mean, right now we're just waiting on news like it's yeah. coming. We don't know when, but it's it's coming soon.
1: I swear though, if it happens tomorrow morning, I will be so mad. It's going to. I know it will. <laughs> I I guess we should record it earlier then so that you get to be happier sooner if he's on the Dodgers. Yeah, let's do it. Uh do you want to try your first uh time hitting the outro? Oh wow. Uh I don't know if I'm ready for that. You you gotta know all the all the buzzwords and, and key phrases to use at the end of the I don't know him yet. You don't know him yet? No. All right, we'll follow along closely. Anyways, that's kind of all we have to cover in this episode. If you're watching on YouTube, please consider subscribing, hitting the notification bell, liking the video, and leaving a comment about some of your favorite signings so far, some signings or trades that you think happen in the future. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform, please consider following the show, leaving a five-star review, uh, and going to our socials down in the description, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, We're on everything and let us know what you thought of the podcast so far, what you thought of free agency and what you're looking forward to as we keep going. But that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, Ryan, do you get it now? I got it next yeah, time. All I'm right. Ready. Well, Ryan will hit the outro next episode and he'll be the one saying it to you. Uh, but until then we've been the cold Truth podcast, the double play podcast, uh, actually, and we will see you guys next time.